Hey guys, it's Ed and coming to you live from the Drunk Gossip Studios here in New York City. Um, yes, I'm doing the Monday, the typical Monday episode. No, I'm not planning on doing another um, week full of shows. Um, you know, of course, depending on how the gossip comes out and, you know, if there are any really big stories that need to be talked about, then I'll do it, but... As of right now, I'm planning on taking it easy this week. I have a busy week at work. Um, I also have One Death to Live, part one coming out this week. So really, I just, I I feel like that should be my focus, for now at least. But, you know, sometimes things happen and I always go with the flow. Especially since both my jobs, um, this podcast... And my other job, I can do basically anywhere. I'm just like, hmm, let's do it this way. Um, I'm really getting to the point where I just want to retire. And whenever I say that to someone, they look at me like, bitch, what are you talking about? But I've been working for a very long time now, and if... If I had been smarter about things, like my four hundred one k would be huge. Um, I would have, I would be close to having a fully um, vested pension, and I really could just sit back and retire. Well, probably not retire with the pension, but um, you know, with the four hundred one k and everything, because I've been working since I was sixteen. Actually, a little bit before that, I worked for the state of Michigan as a tutor. Um, but that was only part-time during the summer. Anyways, speaking of retiring, Alex Trebek has... Um, there's always been, like, this little game of will he or won't he. Um, and he came really close, I want to say back in, like, 2014, 2015. Um, to calling it a day. And I, I'm not quite sure what happened there. Um, it, it kind of depends on who you, who you talk, who, to, who you talk to. Um, but they were auditioning Anderson Cooper and, um, Neil Patrick Harris and a couple other celebrities to take Alex's place. Ultimately, though, he decided to stay on and sign the contract through 2020. Well, now that 2020 is right around the corner... Alex is starting to signal that he might be done. Now, some very skeptical people, myself included, are thinking that he's just doing it to um to get to get a pay raise. But then I started thinking about it. He's been doing Jeopardy since nineteen eighty four. And that doesn't sound like a whole hell of a long time, but it's 34 years, almost 35 years that he's been doing this. So, yeah, it is kind of a long time. And there's really hardly any doubt that the show will go on without him. Um, The Price is Right went on when Bob Barker left. Um, The ratings took a tumble the first season with new host Drew Carey. So I think Jeopardy should expect the same sort of thing. Like, 
they should expect a little bit of a drop off in the ratings, even if they get a big star. Um, just because people love, and this is what I was saying about the view. People love stability, especially for their daily shows. Alex Trebek not being there will be a big blow, especially since a lot of people grew up with him. Um, Alex has suggested two people um, that could replace him. Alex Faust, who does the Los Angeles Kings play-by-play, and a woman by the name of... Laura Coates. Um, Alex hasn't said anything, but um, Laura has, and she seemed to be really thrilled. Um, she tweeted out that she was very grateful and that her kids now think she's a genius. I'm pretty sure she meant genius, but didn't spell it right. And I don't know. Um, I don't know. I don't even know if they're gonna let Alex Trebek name his replacement or give them insight into who it should be. As for me, I'm kind of hoping for, like, a Rosie O'Donnell. I I know that's not going to happen, but one can dream, can't they? I'll be right back. And I'm back. You know, so okay, so sometimes I get so wrapped up in a, a big story, um, like last week, the Demi Lovato stuff, and um, even the Les Munez story, that I forget that these celebrities also do other things. It's true. Um, like, you know, like with Nicki Minaj, she kind of, she's one of those that when she does something, she does something big. And it's usually a huge story that lasts for a week or two. And it's it's usually timed um, to the release of a new CD or a new single or a, a tour announcement. Because if there's anything that Nikki is good at, it's, it's milking publicity for all it's worth. So, color me embarrassed when... Um... I realize, and again, you know, I don't have, like, this list of celebrities that I talk about every week. But I do, like, try to stay up on the A-listers because, well, they're A-listers. And part of my job is to stay up on what they're doing. So Nicki Minaj is one of those that kind of just, um, you know, she's been around and she has that Cardi B feud and... Um, she had that fake Instagram romance with Eminem, but for the most part, she's not really done anything. So when I was reading the Casa blogs, I was shocked that they had, they were running a story about her. Now, this is a really a good story, like a, a, a very positive story, um, and I, uh, some people of a certain political uh, affiliation will try to spin it as, you know, oh, she's she's saying only only black women should feel this way. Or no, I think she was using her example 
of being a black woman. But I don't think she was saying only black women should should feel this way. You know, it's the same way that I say um, gay men should feel comfortable wherever they are. I don't mean just gay men. Obviously, I mean everybody. But because my experience as a gay man is one where um, you don't always feel welcome. You don't always feel like you're wanted in certain places. So, and I realized that I didn't tell you guys what she said. She said, I stand for girls wanting to be sexy and dance. If you got a big old butt, shake it. And see, that, and that's what I mean. Like, she didn't say, I feel like black girls should feel sexy. Although that's how page six did try to frame it. Uh, and page six is not, as far as I know, not affiliated with with that political party. And, and it's not even that entire political party. It's one group of minority, very vocal minority people. Um, but they're so vocal that it does kind of drown out the rest of the reasonable people. And it's the same thing with the left. Um, a little bit. So... You know, I I really feel like we should all feel sexy. We should all feel like, mm, let me shake my money maker. And if any of you are going out to the bars and you see me shaking my money maker, don't give me a dollar. It's fives are up, okay? I mean, how embarrassing is it when I have to count those singles? Oi. <laughs> Um, just a really fun story, real fast. Um, real fast. Over the weekend, I um, I had to pay my rent, so I got the cash out, so I could get the money order. And um, I bought some dinner, and the cashier had already started closing down, which I felt bad about. But he was like, um, "I have a bunch of singles, if you don't mind that." So I was like, "Okay, sure." So you made a bunch of singles. And the next day I went to go get a Slurpee. And like I pull out this wad of singles. And the guy behind the counter was like, you must be a stripper. And that made me feel good and sexy. And I hope you feel good and sexy. Because if you don't, then I'll have to fix that. I'll be right back. So, I have the theme to Dawson's Creek stuck in my head. You know, Paula Cole's I Don't Want to Wait. And I'm definitely okay with that. Um, you know, as a teen, I loved Dawson's Creek. Could have done without that sucky-ass finale where they killed my favorite character, but... You know, I'm not bitter or anything. I'm just thinking that it's stupid that they killed the best actress and killed any chance that they have of doing a reboot. Because how are you going to do a reboot when the best actress on the show can't come back? Because you killed her. Dumbasses. Um, to be fair, if they really wanted to do a reboot, um, Roseanne, Will and Grace, um, and I'm sure there are some other reboots and revivals that I'm missing, have done a really good job of fixing the mistakes of um, of their finales. 
So, especially if Kevin Williamson came back um, and shepherded the project, I, I think he could really fix that mistake of killing off Jen. And so why am I bringing up Dawson's Creek? A relic of 90s teen nostalgia. Because um, we all know, like, Katie Holmes has had a very um, tabloid-esque ride of it after Dawson's Creek. Her marriage to Tom Cruise and whatnot really um, shaped her destiny. Um, and, and James Vanderbeek has turned to comedy, and he's great at comedy. If you haven't seen, um, Don't Trust the Bee in Apartment 23, go watch it right now. It's on Netflix. It's hilarious. Um, but probably the most successful alum from, well, in there, Joshua Jackson, who, by the way, is gorgeous in real life. Um, I've seen him with Mandy in the play, um, Child of a Lesser God. Um, and then I've seen him on the streets of New York. And I, like, I was checking him out, and he saw me checking him out, and he just smiled. Which made my heart sing because, oh, so hot. Anyways, um, he, he has the affair, probably second most successful. The most successful... Arguably is Michelle Williams. She's been nominated for an Oscar two or three times now. Um, and she gets cast in the really big roles. She has her choice of roles. Um, and she's probably the reason why we'll never see a Dawson's Creek reboot. But last week, she stunned everybody with the announcement that she got secret married. And... Um, the guy she married, his name is, uh, Phil Elvrum. As far as we knew, she was dating somebody else just, like, six months ago. So this has all really been a a very big surprise. Um, but it, uh, Phil is, Phil and Michelle have a lot in common, um, Including their partners died um, and they were left to be single parents raising their children. So they probably really did bond over that. Um, Michelle has said about Phil that he makes her not only feel loved, but he makes her feel free. Um, And that's something that she's always been craving. So he's Ledger's dad. He is obviously the father of Matilda, Michelle's daughter. And, um, he and Michelle dated, I, I thought that they dated, dated, cannot speak today. I thought he and Michelle dated for, um, from like 2002. But everyone keeps saying from, um, 2004 till, till his death. In any case, they they were together for a very long time, and um, so and um, this also seems to be very close with his parents, um, and 
so his dad said, you know, I don't speak about Michelle a lot because she's a very private person and, you know, doesn't want her business out there. But I just wanted you, I do want to say, because you asked, I'm very happy for her and we're hoping to meet him soon. And I'm hoping to meet my intelligence again soon. So I'll be right back. And continuing with our hodgepodge of really weird gossip. Um, yeah, I like I was just looking over the segments um, as I was preparing for this one. And I realized, like, there's no common denominator here. Like, you know, sometimes it's like breakup and sometimes um, it's like really crazy or there's like, there, there's usually some sort of strand that will bring these all together. This one is just all over the map. From Alex Trebek to Michelle Williams and I don't even know what the hell I was thinking. I mean, I guess maybe you could you could kind of argue it's life events. That's what we're going to go with. We're going to go with life events. Um... So anyway, so John Cena and Nikki Bella are over. I know the scripted rom the the best scripted romance since Taylor Swift and Tom Hiddleston really had us all believe in true love. And we we all really thought that it was going to happen this time. And it didn't. Um so basically, they've been playing us since the beginning of um, whatever the show is called, um, Total Divas or Total Bellas or Puke in My Shoes, I don't know. Um, so if you remember, at the beginning of the season, um, it was about a month before um, John Cena and Nikki Bella's wedding, and they dramatically broke up. And it was totally a real breakup. And it was all because John Cena didn't want to hump his way into putting a baby into Nikki Bella. And then he did want to put a baby into Nikki Bella. And he was willing to put a baby in her right there in front of her sister. And then, apparently the finale aired recently and... Um, Nikki went through this transformation and was like, no, I don't want you to hump a baby into me. I want to be single and learn about myself. Until next season when the ratings tank and they need to get John Cena back because he's an A-list movie star now. Because that's the way these things work. Reality shows aren't real. And that's, that's what I keep trying to emphasize to people. You know, and I know some people are going to argue, well, yes, they're real, they they don't have scripts. They don't have scripts, but these situations are totally created. Um, And and I'm going to use the franchise I I best know because my best friend loves it. Uh, My ex-boyfriend loved it. So, you know, it, it really did surround me for a very long time. Um, we're going to talk about The Real Housewives. So, in, in particular, one story. Um, it was 
from the cast of the New York. Or not of the New York. It was the cast of New York. Um, and Luann was dating this guy, Tom. And not just dating, she was engaged. And so um, the girls were on, I forgot where they went on the trip to. But in dramatic fashion, Bethany looks at her phone and gasps at what she saw. And she tells the other girls, and she's like, I don't want to tell Luann. I don't want to tell Luann. But I must tell Luann. So she tells Luann, and she's like, but I will not tell you where I got these pictures from. The pictures were of Tom making out with another woman. And I'm going to tell you where she got them from. Bravo had their spies out, got them, and sent them to Bethany because she is their star. That's how this works. It's the same thing with Nikki Bella and John Cena. Bet you didn't think I was going to wrap that all around, did you? Um, With Nikki Bella and John Cena, they are stars on a show. Um, John was probably busy and couldn't either didn't sign on for the next season or they're trying to do it without him for the next season. And so they had to write him off. And this was the best way to do it. Because you don't get back together, re-engage just before your wedding and call it off again. And expect to call it real. Because it's not real. Just like reality TV. But what is real is I'm dying of thirst, so I will be right back. And I'm back. We're going to do a drunk politics. Um, just because I love Ruth Bader Ginsburg. And um, I was on Twitter and it really upset me this morning. So um, there's that. Uh, so, okay. Ruth Bader Ginsburg came out and said she's going to be on the bench for at least another five years. Which, if you do the math, puts that um, well beyond um, the next presidential term. Maybe not well beyond, but, you know, using the new rules that the Republicans have have created, um, there will be a presidential election coming up. And so clearly, whoever the sitting president is should not get to decide who the next Supreme Court justice is going to be. So they'll have to put that off until after the election. But here's the thing. And I'm sure that these are Russian bots and I shouldn't let them affect me the way that they do. But it really pisses me off that people are saying, you know, no, no one said this about Justice Kennedy. Um, of course, he retired of his own relation. Um, or Justice Scalia. Um, or any of the other justices. But Ruth Bader Ginsburg says, I'm going to be there for a while longer. And suddenly it's term limits. Here is the fucking thing, okay? For those of you who don't know, and there's probably a great deal many of you. Because I don't really talk about it very often. But when I was in college, I was um, pre-law. Meaning I was taking all the courses I needed to take um, to prepare myself for law school. 
Um, and I've actually taken a couple of law courses. Um, but this, this, this has nothing to do with that. I just wanted to get that out of the way because, um, I didn't want people thinking I was just talking out of my ass. The Supreme Court is essentially the leader of, um, I, I almost want to call them like the leader of the Justice Department. Some people will say it's the FBI, but the Supreme Court has been around longer. Their job is to check Congress and check the president. Make sure that everyone is following the Constitution. Therefore, they are given lifetime appointments. That way, you know, if they're appointed by Obama and... um. Trump is doing something that they they think is illegal or wrong, they can say, yeah, no, this goes against the Constitution, we don't agree with this, whatever that case is. And that's the way it should be. Or if they're appointed by Trump and Hillary Clinton wins the election, which was originally what I was going to do today, I was going to do a fake scenario, much like the New York Times, where Trump and Clinton have another head-to-head, but this time um, Clinton wins. Um, you know, she let's say Hillary Clinton becomes president and she does something that goes against the Constitution. She can be held in check. Or Congress can be held in check. Or, you know, whatever the case is, their job is to say, yes, no, yes, no. This is why. This is what the law says. This is what the Constitution says. This is why it it's okay, or this is why it's not okay. So now we have these people calling for term limits. That's not the way it works. Yes, there should be term limits for Congress people because Mitch McConnell has been in power for I don't know three hundred years. Paul Ryan has been in has been in power. He's he's retiring with full pension and everything after really screwing up the system. Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer have been in power since the beginning of time. Call for term limits for those people. Call for term limits for um, well, obviously the president, for governors, for for mayors. But when it comes to the Supreme Court, that's one thing we can't have term limits for because we need them. We need them to feel confident and not worry about how the political winds are blowing. I may not always agree with what they say. I may not like their decisions, but I understand why they have these lifetime appointments. I understand that this is very, a very delicate position. And frankly, I wish everyone would take a step back from that ledge and look at the bigger picture here. We're no longer just fighting about social issues or issues that affect home. 
we have Russia undermining our democracy, undermining our whole value system. And they're going to keep doing it, and they're going to bring down the American experiment. And they're going to do it by sending out the bots, by, by riling people up who aren't looking at the big picture, who are only seeing what they want to see by a demagogue who doesn't care about anyone but himself. And that's going to do it for me today. I am raising my glass to you. Cheers.